Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we meditate upon this evening is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 27 to 31. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Hands of brutality or as we usually call them, bullies. But we have to have the hands up to go with the rest of the Latin theme and tie it all together, right? Bullies. And not only bullies, but professional bullies. There's really no other word for these Roman soldiers. Jesus was condemned to death, and yet for some reason they felt the need to take him aside, mock him, beat him, make fun of him, humiliate him. They were professional bullies, and after all, that was what the Roman Empire was. The Roman Empire was an empire based on fear and intimidation. Do what we say, or we'll beat you up. And they wanted soldiers that projected that same bully attitude throughout the empire. Despite uh, the nature of Roman soldiers and the Roman Empire in general, we still might wonder why they felt the need to mock Jesus and beat him up when he was already condemned to die. And the simple answer and unfortunate answer is probably that they were just doing it for fun. Here they were, Roman soldiers stationed at what they no doubt considered to be the middle of nowhere, this Hick City, Jerusalem, way out in the boondocks. Nothing to do with their time. They have to entertain themselves somehow. And what better way to do it than spitting, kicking, making fun of criminals condemned to death. That was, unfortunately, just the nature of soldiers. And again, there's really no other word for them other than Bullies. Bullies is a subject that uh, a lot of uh, TV shows have at least one episode dedicated to, right? In fact, I don't think there's a TV show that aimed at the family or at the middle school age children that doesn't uh, talk about bullying. After all, what are you supposed to do when someone bullies you at school? If you tell on them, then you're the snitch, right? If you try and fight back, then you're sinking to their level and you end up in trouble. And if you just let them have their way, well, that's not a very good way to live and they might do it to somebody else as well. What are you supposed to do when somebody bullies you? There's actually an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know if you guys watched that show, but there's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where Raymond hears that someone's bullying his daughter. So much to the uh, chagrin of his daughter, he rides on the school bus with his daughter to school. 
to try and find out what's going on and stop it. He finds out that uh, his daughter is the one bullying another kid. She was afraid of the other kids. She was afraid that the other kids would make fun of her, and so she figured, well, if she makes fun of and laughs at this other kid, then that would keep her safe. How does Jesus deal with these bullies in our text? Well, of course, he simply accepts it. He accepts the mockery. He accepts the beating as part of the punishment of our sin. Throughout the course of Good Friday, there isn't a piece of Jesus' body that is left unbeaten, is there? His back is already scourged and bloody, and now these soldiers put a crown of thorns on his head, and then they, you notice in our sermon text, they, they hit him over the head with sticks. And every time they whack him, it would have just driven that crown deeper into his skull, causing the blood to flow all the more. But not content with beating him up, they mock him, they strip him naked, they spit on him, they humiliate him. And Jesus accepts it silently. Not just the pain and suffering, but the humiliation, the mockery as well. He accepts it for our sakes. There are people in this world, unfortunately, who kick and brutalize other people and even other animals just because they can. My wife and I, once when we were in uh, Qatar, Qatar is this tiny little country just next to Saudi Arabia, but we were in Qatar on a plane layover and went into the market. We got an open market there, and there was a stall selling animals, uh, cute little chickens that were colored bright neon colors and other birds and rabbits, all kinds of pets, and they had a couple of puppies. And this kid came up and just started kicking one of the puppies for no reason. I was a little bit of afraid that Vanessa was going to tackle the kid and we would end up in a kind of in a, in jail in, in Qatar or something. She didn't, of course she didn't, but there are unfortunately people like that in the world. And these Roman soldiers seem to be people like that, people who kick and beat and brutalize just for the fun of it, just because they can, just to show off how macho and strong they are. And Jesus accepts it. That puppy didn't deserve to be kicked, and Jesus certainly didn't deserve to be mocked in this way. But we do, don't we? We do deserve the shame and the humiliation because of our sin. Jesus accepted it in our place. Think back for a minute. Think back on a time when somebody hurt you. Somebody really, really hurt you, either physically or emotionally. Think back on the thoughts you had, the things that you maybe wanted to do in revenge, or maybe at least a part of you wanted to do. The things you thought that person deserved. To be beaten, to be humiliated, to get in their face and yell at them, to spit on them. These are the things that we sometimes believe other people deserve because of the sins that they do against us. 
And yet this type of humiliation is what we deserve because of our sin. The wages of sin is death, the Bible tells us. And indeed, the, the payment of our sin is death, but it's not only death, is it? It's also that shame, that humiliation. Remember, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they were ashamed. And if the secret places of our hearts, the thoughts, and sometimes even the actions that we like to hide were made known, we would be ashamed as well. But Jesus accepts it in our place. Not just the death and the suffering, but the shame of our sin. Isaiah 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and from spitting. Many people would say that the way to deal with a bully is to fight back, to show, to prove that that bully doesn't have power over you, to stand up for yourself, not to allow yourself to be treated that way, but of course, for our sakes, Jesus did none of that. And like a sheep to the shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth, accepting the shame and the bullying we deserve. You know, the Romans, as we saw in our text, were good at bullying and mockery. They were good at being professional bullies, but even the Roman soldiers have nothing on Satan, do they? Satan is a bully. Revelation reminds us, Revelation 12, 12, For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Satan lost out. He lost out on heaven because of his pride and of his arrogance. And instead of admitting his failure and his sin, of course he's not going to do that, he came down to this earth filled with that wrath, that anger, and since he couldn't take it out on, on God, he's doing his best to take it out on us. He's a bully. We see examples of that in the New Testament. For example, there was a time that Jesus cast out the demon, and the demon had to go at the word of God, but what did he do before he left? He threw the man down on the ground. That's the actions of a bully, right? Okay, I'm going to go. If I have to go, but I'm going to hurt this man as much as I can before I go. Or the time that Jesus cast out legion of demons and they went into the pigs and purely out of spite drove the, the pigs off the cliff to their death. Bullies. In fact, that's what the, the term devil means. We call them the devils. We call them uh, Satan, the, the devil, and, and his minions, devils. And the term devil means the accuser, the, the slanderer, the bully. No one's as good as at making fun of, mocking, calling names, calling us names, as, as Satan is. He knows how to do it very well. And sometimes that bullying takes, takes the form of demon possession like we hear about in the New Testament, but more often it simply takes the form of name-calling of accusations, of guilt, of depression. Going out of his way to make us feel as, as bad as, as he can. Venting his anger against God on, on us. Bringing us down, trying to bring us down to, to his level. On Sunday we heard how Satan led Peter into temptation. 
caused Peter to fall into sin. That was only just the beginning, wasn't it? Satan didn't, wasn't content with making Peter fall into sin, but made sure to be right there at his side, calling him names, making him feel the guilt of that sin until Christ reminded Peter of his forgiveness of his love. Satan is just such a bully to us as well, doing his best not only to bring us into sin and temptation, but then using that sin and that temptation to, to weigh us down, to make us feel that guilt. How do you deal with a bully? Well, in this case, you remind him what Jesus did for us. How Jesus paid the price for our sins and even accepted that shame in our place so that Satan has no power over us anymore. In fact, that's what all this is for, isn't it? God's word, baptism, communion, private confession. It's all here to help us not only deal with, but to defeat the great bully Satan. To constantly remind us that Jesus died for our sins so that we can use that to stand up to Satan. There are many people who will tell you that the way to deal with a bully is to stand up to him. Make sure he knows he doesn't have power over you. But the problem with that is a lot of times they are stronger, aren't they? Especially when you're a little kid and you're a fifth grader and it's an eighth grader that's taking your lunch money. Hopefully that doesn't happen here at our school, but happens in other ways, right? But in this case, of course, Satan is stronger, much stronger. We wouldn't be able to stand up to him. We can't stand up to him on, his own, on our own. But we have Christ who died for our sins. How do you deal with a bully? Well, if it's a bully at school, you probably tell him that he's forgiven and then go home and discuss it with your parents. But when the bully is Satan, you hold on to the promises of Jesus. And at that name, Satan has to flee. You remind him that Jesus already paid that price, died for our sins, and accepted even that shame, that mockery, the, those hands of brutality, those, that bullying of the Roman soldiers in our place, so that the great accuser no longer has anything on us. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.